still a banger. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Blade Runner, Star Trek. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you do look like someone someone you'd see at like the Moss Eisley Cantina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I have the window pushed over to the side enough that I can't actually see you in the backstage thing. So I had no idea you had him on until you came up on the screen. <laughs> What's up, Ryan Isaac? White Boy Winter. That's right. White Boy Winter up in here. Um, I just, I've pulled these uh, blue blocker glasses out of a box. I just discovered them and I put them on and I was like, maybe I should start wearing these. And then I discovered that as I wear them, the like the moisture from my eye makes it fog up and it's not very useful for wearing. So I'm not actually going to wear them. Cooper, on the other hand, I expect to wear those the entire, the entire episode. I might have to like drop down to one because it's just pinching my nose and it's really annoying. <laughs> well, you see, and I just trimmed my nose hair. So they're especially pokey up in there. So that's one of the great things about a mustache is that you don't have to worry about the nose hair. You can't even see it. No, it's not about seeing it. It's about like, when you try to sleep at night and you got nose hair tickling the other side of your nose, it's really annoying. <laughs> I don't think That's I've ever problem. experienced that. That's my problem. <laughs> Kate says I'm looking like Randy Savage today. Yeah. What's up? Well, Kate? welcome to Kingfield, you guys. Uh, I'm Matt. That's Cooper over there. And hey, what do you uh, think, Matt? Should I grow the beard back out? What do you think? Why are you even asking me? Because uh, my wife is getting rather pissed off that i keep shaving I'm... Okay, and not so... because i look like a high schooler which i do when i shave but because when i nibble on her neck it's apparently like the short hair is all like the whiskers are pokey and they hurt or something like <laughs> pathetic women am i so, right <laughs> so why are you even like contemplating this like why is this even a, a dilemma because i like subjecting her to torment the torment oh, of my, my little whiskers yeah you you torment the ones you love that's right. I'm a sadist. Mm -hmm. Do you do you torment the ones you love, or do you love the ones you torment? Because there's kind of two different connotations there. Hmm. Let me think about that for a second. Put on my thinking okay. glasses. <laughs> Your face kind of looks like a caterpillar or something. I think the former rather than the latter. I don't remember which order you said them in. Uh, I see. <laughs> yeah, I'm a caterpillar. And <laughs> you. I think you, I, the first one I think was that you, uh, you uh, torment those you love. So, so yeah, that's, that's, I think that's probably the better answer. <clears throat> so uh, today I've got a, a, the edgy no, title, Cowardice of the Cynics. And we're going to, I think this is going to be kind of a funny episode, actually. There's a couple of clips in here that are pretty funny. Um, but before we get to the... The comedy and the uh... go to birchgold.com. <laughs> it's bowl and branch sheets. Um, before Patriots. we really get into uh, the heavy stuff, we're gonna we're gonna enjoy some nice music. Oh, dude. I don't even care if this like gets flagged and like demonetized or whatever. We're just gonna listen to it. 
Neptune. Okay, Matt. Matt, 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 Matt. Pause it's it. not over yet. It's not over yet. Uh, we're a little over halfway. You can do it. <laughs> I'll, point, I'll point out that everybody in that room is white. That's the first thing. <laughs> the second thing. If uh, I see up at the, the top there, it says we're winning the culture war. If this would... Oh, that was a brown guy. Um, but he looked gay. If... If having to listen to like... Early, like... You know, like that hard rock from the early aughts where you had like... Those guys, like Stained and Creed and Nickelback yeah. and whatever. If winning means that we have to listen to that music, I think I'd rather just lose. <laughs> I saw this because Oren McIntyre retweeted it and said, the fire rises. <laughs> uh, I'm with random username here. He says, don't care if it's cringe. I'm jamming. Yeah, man, this is this is Creed em embodies the American spirit. Creed Creed makes my ears bleed. That that means you're not a true American. That's fine. Yeah. What the hell was that? Hmm. Someone just banged on something. Oh, oh, Amy and Eastwood are back with with groceries. I was like, why is someone banging on my door? <clears throat> um. Uh, well, Emmanuel has a, a member for two months. Thank you, man. He says free vanity chat before this gets nuked by the algo. Yeah. <clears throat> See, this is exactly me right now here, Cooper. Smoke cigar. You wouldn't get it. You wouldn't get it. You listen to whiny music. You wouldn't understand like strong masculine music, especially when it's set to a dance. I think you're muted or something, especially when you're, when it's set to this, this nice, uh, Euro dance track, and it's a bunch of rich and sufferable white people <laughs> dancing to it <laughs> with their token brown man. <laughs> You're still muted. There we go. Um, I'm okay with not Boomer getting tech. it. Two, um, I do not listen to whiny music. Three, I don't know, dude. Creed sucks. Fuck Creed. And here, I never thought that I would be the one on this side of the irony. I'm a recovering hipster. What do you expect? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but yeah. And look like, at you. You're the guy who's being the hipster here about fucking Creed. You're like exactly. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get it. Cigar. Exactly. <laughs> out hipstering the hipster. Out ironing. Out 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 ironying the zoomer. Got your skinny jeans and your flannel, your van shoes and your Telecaster. You're smoking your La Apolencia with your fucking Ray-Bans, feeling cool with your man bun. You're gay. I'm basically describing myself right now, by the way. Uh -huh. the, the irony layers just keep building here. Mm -hmm. See, I'm it's like... It's like people liked Creed because it was cringy, and then people didn't like Creed because it was cringy, and then people started liking Creed because it is cringy, so and like full now Cooper doesn't like it because it's cringy. 
It's I've so never yeah. liked Greece. I have We're never I, I have never gone full circle. I've always I've just hit the oh this sucks. Yeah. There was there was a time in like uh early middle school where oh, what's that one nickelback song? Uh how you, you see remind it me. How you, yeah. That one's that one's a banger. I, yeah. I'll say it. That one's a banger. Thank you. Thank you. You're not that far away. You're just you know, it's just a sort of a matter of of minor taste. <laughs> yeah. That's minor taste. That's it is it. funny though, like like the I fact like minor threat. That... <laughs> the fact that the we we've got uh, our our buddy uh, Two Bit Jason who has said that uh, neo traditionalism is coming back in, and this is where now like Creed used to be is like the 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 uh, redneck white boy music, the music that no uh, proper uh, wannabe elite. Like these people are, because that's exactly what these people are. These are all the the. This is this is the uh, what do you call it? That's a good uh, point. What's the desert the desert festival thing? I'm trying to remember what it's called. Yeah, the Burning Man. These are the Burning Man. Burning people. Man. Yeah, these are yeah, Burning yeah. Man people. Yeah, these yeah. are Burning Man people who are now embodying, like like Kyle culture. Shout out, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think that's. I don't know what it means necessarily, but it does. I think lend credence to this idea of we've we've talked about um, with the the 20s and the correlation with the Roaring 20s and the. <laughs> the the sort of like traditional like trying to trying to take the old things and rehabilitate them and bring them like, new creative things out of them this is this is the vibe this is the 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 spirit of the age mr um, gay johnson himself. in the chat says i like the nicene creed that's it because he's a true hipster yeah that my god buck is yes the the, the dad jokes just never end Shout out, Buck. <clears throat> I'm actually going to be going to lunch with Buck on th Thursday. That's tomorrow. I'm going to lunch with Buck and uh, and Kyle and Mr. Himself. Cable. Uh huh. Yeah, the, the embodiment of Kyle. Uh -huh. We know a Kyle who is like the personification of the meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's sometimes in the chat. You'll see him, Cable. Yeah, and he. <laughs> yeah, and 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 we're going to eat where we're meeting for lunch is in Kyle. So we're gonna be we're gonna be in eating Kyle, in Kyle with Kyle, yes. <laughs> Kyle hears that remix there that you just played, and he gets an erection. Oh yes, not a question, not a question. Uh, he's going. He's Ryan, coming to Texas to go see Tool. Like this is right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and if he doesn't have a Monster Energy drink when I see him, I'm gonna be disappointed. We'll see if he actually listens to this before then. He's out. He's out gallivanting around in Austin right now, um, probably being horrified. Ryan says, uh, "But isn't irony part of the goal of Burning Man culture?" Um, sort of, yeah. But but I think I think this I is fairly so. significant that they're 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 now embracing the cultural artifacts of their like sworn enemies, which is which is a, an interesting move to me. The fact I don't this sort of that... thing has been bubbling up for a while, and I don't really know where where it's coming from exactly or where it's going, but it's definitely a phenomenon of the there's these aspects of like Americana sort of from the '90s and 2000s that that people I I think people are just kind of naturally yearning for like the last time that things felt good. Yeah, back when things didn't suck. Right. <clears throat> there was um. I don't know that irony is part of Burning Man. 
I don't know if that's part of their spirit irony. At least not in the like the zoomer nihilist sense of irony. Maybe you've mm. got like an avant-garde kind of thing. I mean, I wonder, I wonder if he. I mean, he could clarify for himself, Ryan. If <sighs> Jeez, like, I can't breathe I wonder, with these things on. <laughs> I wonder if it's like you know, really rich, plush people going out and living like hobos in the desert. Like, there's kind of an ironic angle. To oh that. yeah, I see. Yeah, they're kind of larping. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyways, so. Uh, <laughs> Buck says, I love that Matt and all of us are pretending we don't see Cooper being a weirdo with three pairs of glasses. <laughs> well, now we're not. Now we're actually openly noticing it. We're noticing uh, one other just kind of amusing anecdote here, a uh, little drive-by. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Isaac. It's not nihilistic. It's authentic. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> we create our reality. Yeah, yeah. Being naked in the desert. That's authentic. <laughs> yearning for the garden of eden uh-huh like doing psychedelics and writhing around with each other and yeah it's like my wife um who is i think i was just hair. informed the other day that she has amassed like 60 house plants or something like that i i haven't been keeping track but she's got a lot like my you go in my living room it's just house plants everywhere you're like going into <laughs> a jungle and i think this comes from a primordial urge to return to the garden on behalf of females mm. this is why they like house plants hmm that's a good theory. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's kind of like, like deep seated regret baked <laughs> into their psyche. Yeah. <laughs> uh, See, but if I do it inside this house where my man has built up all the walls and no snakes can get in, then I can't be fooled. Mm. So I can have my garden it. and eat it too. Uh huh. No snakes. This is actually. This is actually a really interesting point, Cooper. Good job. <laughs> I have them every now and then. Yeah. See, now the people are getting to see the part of you that I usually get to see. Mm -hmm. The part that made me fall in love with you. <laughs> Here, let me put on my, my heart glasses. I'm yes. Oh, yes. Look at that. Got and and American flag. Because I'm a patriot. Ooh. Yeah. Nothing more patriotic than a pair of heart glasses. And blue chew. Patriotic bitch. <laughs> blue chew, yeah. <laughs> heart glasses and blue chew. What do you this isn't actually nicotine mints, like I tell you. It's just it's just blue chew. I'm just popping blue chew. <laughs> You're just walking around at full mast all the time. <laughs> uh there's another Kyle here in the chat. This is our this is our based fat Kyle. Um, he says Kyle culture is life. That's right. We love our Kyles. We've we've got two. We'll gladly take more. We've the got two a base we have fat Kyle. Special, we'll take a lot of them. Yeah. We've got a based fat Kyle and a base twink Kyle. Oh, that's true. So what what other profile do we need to to fill out here? Based soy Kyle. Yeah, maybe base dad bod Kyle. Because dad bod is sort <laughs> yeah. of like there's there's like a there's fat and then there's dad bod, which is really more just kind of like like doughy. And then <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd rather be fat or a twink than be dad bod. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Cause at least at least if you're fat, then it's like you're fat because you're you're <laughs> 
you're eating lots of enjoyable things and stuff, and you maybe you just are finding a lot of joy from being fat. Or, <laughs> like, yeah, if, if you have a dad bod, then it's just kind of like you've given up on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like the, I, I, I'll, I'll admit that there is a part of me that's impressed when I see someone who's morbidly obese. I'm like, man, damn, that guy can eat. <laughs> he's committed to the bit. <laughs> yeah, he's really, he's chasing what he loves. If you are fat and you don't want to be, then we'll help you. Thirdpositionnutrition.com. and SSRIs and semaglutide. I don't know what that is. It's that new diet pill that like women are taking and it's just making them skinny oh. fat. Oh, yeah. Ozempic? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, yeah. The thing that That's like, the would, it, like disables their stomach or something? No, I think it's like an appetite suppressant or something to that effect, but... I haven't looked into it too deeply, but uh, my understanding is it just kind of helps you not eat. But it also like it it strips your lean mass, so that's that's how you're losing oh. weight. Is you're not actually like losing fat per se. You are, but not not like discriminately. Mm. You're actually kind of discriminately shredding muscle. So. And it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't right. have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Do, like, you might be able to offset that somewhat if you, you do like right, like strength training or something. But share the uh, the analogy you were telling me about before about like like layoffs with the body and the different uh, different parts of your body. Your you've got fat, you've got nerve tissue, you've got bone, you've got muscle tissue. I'm going to totally botch this because I stole it from Dr. Doug McGuff and he's much more eloquent than I am. And I'm sure he's also used this analogy and presented it many, many times. So bear with me, fellas. Um, Something to the effect of like, okay, when it comes to specifically high intensity training, what you're uh, like, okay, two scenarios. Scenario A, think of it like a boardroom. CEO comes in and he's like, all right, uh, things are going slim. We're not receiving as much income. Think of income as like energy input, that being calories in. Um, therefore, we gotta we gotta do some layoffs. We gotta do some layoffs because we gotta we gotta tighten up the belt, slim up here a little bit, and we can't afford what we're doing. So he goes over to, like, okay, in scenario A, he's just gonna do like a, like a, a company wide layoff, which is gonna equally proportional from, from the, from the musculos skeletal department from the like uh, fucking nerves nerves yeah nerves department the fat department is just bone all of the department the bone the bone density department you're gonna fucking you're just gonna proportionally take from all them you know there you go mass layoff versus scenario b this is the scenario in which you are incorporating high intensity training the CEO comes in. He's like, "All right, we gotta, we've, you know, we're in a deficit. We're not, we're not, we're, we gotta tighten up the belt. We're, we're not receiving. And we, we, we gotta get rid of some people. We got too much here, too much bloat." And then he goes, "Mass layoffs, just proportionally from all the departments, mass layoffs." But then, the guy who's in charge of, uh, you know, the, 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 the muscle skeletal department, he goes, "Well, well, you see." can't lay off anybody here because we kind of need that because there's there's this demand there's a lot of demand in this particular part of the business so we need to keep people here and he says okay so let's go from the other ones and then the guy from the nerve or neurological department's like well shit no 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 we we see we work 
really closely with the the, the muscle skeletal guys and we, they're not going to be able to process you know without us is that okay so we're going to move to the next one and then the bone guys are like same thing but we can't lay off anybody here or we're just we're, we're fucked so then he's like, all right, well, I guess we're going to go to the fat department. And since we can't do this proportionally across the whole company, we're going to have to discriminately lay off people from the fat department. So think of it that way. If you are implementing a high up proper, such as the one that is provided by our, by our friends at third position nutrition, a high intensity protocol, and you are in a slight deficit, you will discriminately burn fat. Which is what you want. While, you'll discriminately while, burn fat while adding muscle. Yes. Or at the very least maintaining muscle. Maintaining, which is what yeah, you want. Right. Right. So if you want to work with this guy, or, or excuse me, if you want to work with, with one of our friends from uh, third position nutrition, you wanna um, you want some help with this sort of thing, um, you can do that. Just uh, send an email to to Matt at hyperboreanlodge.com and I will put you in touch with our friends at third position nutrition. And, uh, and we can help it's you basically out. So you don't have to be a slob or a twink or dad bod, or you can be a uh, an alpha Chad. And you can leverage the power of autism in your favor. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember the uh, the the Shia LaBeouf when he was doing uh, he had his he will not divide us sign that he man like, has that guy really turned up. Deal. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like now he's like he's the devout Roman Catholic. He had his and he will not divide us sign. That that all the the four chan autists were like ah we figured out where that is so they went and they pulled it down uh-huh. and he like freaked the fuck out so he was like oh, I'm gonna go put it over here in Europe somewhere and they it took him like 24 hours and they found it and so then he went he took the freaking camera and put it out in the middle of the field just some random place middle of the field pointing up at the sky with the the, the he will not divide us flag and these mm-hmm. fucking autists used flight patterns going overhead. To figure out where yeah, in the well, and the alignment was. like the the like celestial maps yes yeah, celestial maps stars and they went and they dug in all this and again this took them like a day they yeah and then they had all of this and then had some they, dude they that kinda, lived in that area yeah yeah would drive around honking and shit <laughs> he was like, honking oh, oh, his oh, horns you. oh yeah yeah you're close <laughs> oh autism is amazing see this is this is the sort of like with the weaponized autists, if we can weaponize them and point them in the right direction, I this is this is better than this is this is like puts military intelligence to shame. <laughs> yeah. Uh okay. We're on a again, we're on a time limit today because I've got another freaking real estate class tonight. And uh, I'm actually gonna tell you guys a little, about a little anecdote related to that um to get into our conversation today. Um, however, this was very amusing. I scrolled past this as I was getting ready to setting up for the show and <laughs> Scott Horton, you gotta love the guy, uh, Lou Rockwell and Hans Hermann Hoppe kick Walter Block right the hell out of the libertarian movement for being an unhinged bloodthirsty Zionist monster and a very bad arguer. Quote, the Murray Rothbard I knew would have immediately called Block's arguments out as unhinged, monstrous, unconscionable, and sickening, and publicly ridiculed, denounced, unfriended, and excommunicated Block as a Rothbardian. Yeah, these That's people are religious zealots. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, it's, a, it's a very long, very well-written, I just sort of skimmed it, uh, but essentially the thing that Hoppe is, is excommunicating Walter Block over is... Uh, 
let's say, specious argumentation in favor of uh, trying to distort libertarian principles to promote what's happening with a certain tribe in the Levant, um, which is which is which is an interesting thing. We've got the uh, uh, we got the the German philosopher who is is uh, deciding to fire shots, let's say, at a uh, Zionist uh, sympathizer. <clears throat> I think we can get away with saying those things. Um, I just thought that was funny. And I'm very glad that I don't have to care about it. <laughs> um, so yesterday, I'm taking, I'm doing my, uh, my uh, uh, continuing education for this real estate class or for this, for my real estate license. I got to do the continuing education so I can renew my license. And um, I'm sitting in there. This, the particular class that I'm taking right now is about residential mortgage loan originating and originating. And <clears throat> I'm in there with about 70 people. And the guy who's teaching the class is this just, just precious old boomer. The, the most boomer of all boomers. Uh, he's got the worst jokes. He, uh, but they're all kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, this old man and his jokes. What a, what a, what a character. Can't get too mad at him. He's just a goofy old man who knows his stuff very well. And it is the, one of the single most boring things that I've ever sat through. In large part because I'm like, I, I spend half of my day every day taking in copious amounts of information on lots of like technical subjects. And I listen to everything on 2x speed and I'm constantly moving while I'm, I'm either driving or walking or working or cleaning while I'm doing all this. But in this case here, to get credit for the class, I have to sit here in front of my camera. I have to be in front of the camera with the camera on at all times, just dum de dum de dum as he's walking people step by step through each of the, 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 the things we need to know for the test. And amusingly, the way they teach is they're just like, all right, this here, you need to know this, this is going to be on the test. Um, then this thing here, you need to know this, this is going to be on the test. We've got a full long textbook, but they're just going through and just highlighting the things that we need to know on the test. And <clears throat> he, we were going through this part yesterday where he's trying to explain buying points and how to calculate points and mortgage insurance, like how these things work, figuring out loan to value. And so it's, it's, it's mathy, but like, this isn't, this is like maybe like high school level um, math and abstract reasoning. It's not that difficult. And I'm watching these people who are, are established professional adults and they're, you might as well be trying to get them to learn Chinese. The, the just, they're completely at a loss. I can tell by the questions that they're asking that they're not even, they're, they just want him to tell them what the answer is and give them the formula. And then they can just plug stuff into the formula. They don't understand what the formula is doing. They don't know what each of these things are. They wouldn't be able to reconstruct it themselves. They're just give us the answers so we can pass the test so we can get our license and keep going. So <clears throat> I tweeted this. I said, currently doing continuing education for renewing my real estate license, listening to this poor boomer trying to explain buying points and how to calculate them to a bunch of adults, a significant chunk of whom possess the reading slash writing skills of a fourth grader. It's not going well. And I had this thought as I was sitting here pondering this because I, you know, what else am I going to think about? I was like, uh, is this a white pill or a black pill? Because as I describe it, I'm thinking about, <clears throat> we've got 
like these are the people who are representing people as they're buying homes. Like the largest purchase that you're ever going to make, you're going to be represented by someone like this. The 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 competency crisis is next level. It is it is almost reaching catastrophic levels. The average person today, I think we like we watch movies, we think we read about history, we think about past times and and we sort of have an assumption of what the average person is like. And even if we talk about, you know, the average person's a moron or look how stupid a normie is, the NPC. Or but I don't think we fully, truly appreciate just how stupid the average person is. <laughs> this it is a white pill, dude. Yes. Thank if you. you. Want, dude, if you want to make money, <clears throat> it is so easy to be above average. <laughs> Not just that. It's so easy to be exceptionally above Exceptional, average. Exceptional, yeah. That is the white pill. With I think uh, a lot of decline. a lot of us that we we kind of spend a lot of time in these internet communities, and you know we have our different YouTube communities. Joe Biden is like and... the perfect avatar for our society yes. as a whole, with like the cognitive decline. And I don't think I think we've spent so much. We we get used to being around each other, where we've kind of self selected to be, you know. The, the, people who can walk and chew gum at the same time, we sort of self-select and, and get into communities with each other. And I think it's distorted our perspective of just how profoundly incompetent the vast majority of people in the professional world are. These are not rabid, ideological, uh, Machiavellian savants. These are profoundly ordinary people. Who, they're, they're shallow. They're um, unmotivated, they're weak. In the in a time of crisis, they will fold like a cheap suit immediately. But it's interesting, each time I say these things to myself, I realize this is a Rorschach test. Mm -hmm. Yep. Do you think it's a black pill or a white pill that the vast majority of people around you will crumble in a crisis? It could be, it's, it, you can make a legitimate case for both. Which means you get to choose whether you want to be white-pilled or black-pilled. Both realities are true. You don't get to choose your own reality. And I think that's what a lot of people are hung up on. They're like, well, I want to have my ideal system of government. I want to have my, my um, uh, uh, established elite who represent all of my interests. I want to have every single policy that, that I want. I want all of them to be to be just perfect and perfectly implemented with people who are, who are uh, genetically um, closest to me, which is fine. Like these are fine desires to have, but when that desire turns into something that just cripples you to where all you can do is just freak out about the fact that nobody is cooperating with you, th there comes a point where it's like, okay, I can understand being depressed for a while when this sort of sinks in that, oh my God, everyone around me is an idiot. You know, th there's no question we're going to have some kind of major crisis, whether it's because people are intentionally steering us into it or they're just too fucking incompetent to do otherwise. They're just bumbling us into some sort of major military conflict or whom or whatever. After a while, it's like if you're stuck at that spot then it's just, it's your own doing. You're the one that's choosing to keep yourself stuck there. For some, for some people, it's, it's the state, it's statists. 
The, everyone is a statist, and we just need to get people to stop being statists. For some people, it's race. This is their thing. They're, they're, they're ethno-nationalists, and all they're going to accept is an ethno-nationalist solution, and anything that remotely hints at some sort of measure of subversion or not perfect purity according to their ideal solution, then they want nothing. They have All they're, all they're going to do is just be a peanut gallery just pissing on it. Like, uh, dude, I don't think a true ethno state has ever existed ever. Not not as like they want. Not, like yeah, maybe not the you way could say, they want. yeah. Right. You could say there's some, like maybe a certain, you know, a certain uh, nation state in the Middle East that is leans heavily in that mm -hmm. direction in a lot of ways. But like, even, I, I, I just don't know how you avoid like, okay, like your cities at least. Are you just going to have like, cities have always been kind of cosmopolitan everywhere mm -hmm. at all times i don't know like i guess are you trying to have like an ethno state that's just farmers like white farmers which okay sure like like go go do that but i like i don't go to i Wyoming, don't see anybody whatever. trying to trying to create that i just see people complaining that it doesn't exist it basically people... does exist though like think of like wyoming right you just move there well, this and is you basically this is have what like... you want this is kind of like the people and who complain about cost speaking. of living and they want to live they want to live in the 50s and they talk about how everyone had it better in the 50s and it's like yeah well those people also didn't own refrigerators and they might have had one car for the family and they didn't have a smartphone there was no such thing as a computer like you could if you wanted to get rid of like the vast majority of your current possessions you could live with a cost of living that approximates relatively to a 1950s cost of living like you could do that if you really wanted to but people want the 1950s world without the, but they also want to have the benefits that are ultimately brought to them by global supply chains and, um, and 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 networked countries, which means there's going to be immigration in and out. Like, so it's no, not I'm, that I, I. Go ahead. <clears throat> I was just going to say, like, you can take advantage or leverage this whole competency issue again as well. Or if the vast majority of people are stupid, and even you're middling intelligence but you know you're slightly red-pilled and you're smarter than them um that's all you need man you and five of your buddies move to wyoming you can own a town right there's nothing stopping you but you uh-huh right but instead you spend your time complaining on the internet that you know that that the entire society doesn't there you look go the way you want it to right 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 instead of like just taking over a town and having your little wet dream you know ethno city you could do that uh-huh so as an illustration of the sheer profound hilarious state of the regime james o'keefe posts this uh this video today just a couple hours ago breaking video top white house cyber official tells o'keefe in disguise they can't say it publicly the White House wants to replace Kamala Harris and confirms President Joe Biden's mental decline. Quote, Biden is definitely slowing down. No way. I'm just telling you what I've heard. They're really concerned about it. I think they need to get rid of him or her. But no one in modern history has ever said, like, we're not going to renominate the president for a second term. Charlie Crager, a cybersecurity policy analyst and foreign affairs desk officer in the executive office at the White House, tells O'Keefe, quote, I had a meeting with Michelle Obama at Michelle Obama. Someone asked her, will you ever run for office? 
And she said, no, empathically. She was like, I've seen all this shit my husband has had to go through, and that does not interest me. Quote, at VP, at Kamala Harris, hemorrhages Blackstaff. She can't keep Blackstaff. They quit on her en masse. She will be the vice president nominee. There was a debate about removing her from the ticket, but sadly they didn't. She's not popular, but you can't remove the first black lady to be vice president from the goddamn presidential ticket. Like, what kind of <laughs> message are you going to send to, like, African-American voters? People would be like, what the fuck? Like, she's a woman and she's multiracial. Okay, sorry. I just, it's just, I got taken, taken over by the character here. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I love the, the James O'Keefe vibe. Like, he, he is such a national treasure. You know, this is, he's kind of, he's in that like Chris Rufo category of guys. I think I'd put probably put Chris Rufo maybe a little, little above him. He kind of, James O'Keefe strikes me as very much of a goober. And perhaps this is a character that he goes, he plays, you know. No, I think he's just a little autistic. I've, I've had James O'Keefe and Charlie Kirk and basically the same bucket for a long time. And, uh, and, and Chuck Dirk has, has, has given me cause to reevaluate my assessment of him recently. So I'm leaving open the possibility that, you know, if I was to, to, to know Mr. O'Keefe a little bit better, I might see him as less of a, of a reality TV show character. Um, but this video, you guys, you guys are going to enjoy, we're not going to watch the whole thing. It's like 13 minutes long, but. Um, just, just look at the setup for this video. So you're, you're pretty high up in the government. Yeah, I'm fairly high up. I'm good at keeping secrets. <laughs> wow, James O'Keefe does like the gay thing really well. <laughs> right? And look at him. He's wearing fucking glasses and he dyed his hair. Otherwise, it's like, it's really obvious this is James O'Keefe. <laughs> He's like fucking if... Clark Kent Superman <laughs> putting on his glasses. <laughs> and no one knows who I am. Where'd he go? <laughs> the State Department and USAID. So when you say sec- it's like security. Department. So he manages two federal agencies, the State Department and USAID. He's a cyber policy analyst. Obviously, he's, he's inflating his, his uh, um, you know, he's a cyber policy analyst. And he says he runs these departments. I mean, I guess he maybe he runs like analysis for the the, the cyber policy for these these departments. But um, you know, he's this is this is the executive branch. This is these are the people that that like Greg Abbott is is having a stare down with when the whole thing's going on at the Texas borders. Like these are the people in the regime. Department and USAID. So when you say security, this should be a white security, bill. like you're it is. protecting the networks of the federal agency that you give all your information to. The mission is to protect yes. information. And we serve, we, we are like the president's voice when we go into meetings <laughs> oh in terms of discussing and, and promoting the president's Listening to gay people talk. Isn't like, haven't you met this guy? Maybe you haven't. You're like living in, 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 uh, Central Michigan, you may oh, may I've not encounter these people all this much, but yeah, this is you can hear in the way that he talks about it. This is he's a he's he's like a a, a tech worker, a guy who works in Silicon Valley, one of these super ordinary, bland, shallow. Well, yeah, morons. I was gonna say my favorite bar, my favorite bar, cool. This is where we, you know, back when I was uh, used to be cool and played in a punk rock band. They play shows at this bar. It's they've got pinball tables and stuff it's like a hipster bar my place kind of off of campus a little ways well 
in the other side of town, the gay part of town, like the gay club and like one or two of the gay bars have closed down or they closed down during COVID. So all of the gays and the trunies have like swarmed to my favorite bar. Mm. And it's just this guy. It's uh-huh. just like a hundred of this guy. Every time I go there, I just, you know, I just want to play pool or play darts or whatever. And everybody has a lisp and they're doing this a lot with their hands. And... <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah that's it. <laughs> My favorite bar was ruined because <laughs> the containment zone. Uh huh. This is what the government did. This is what COVID did. Is it like it blew up the containment site, and now, now my favorite bar is ruined. So there's the black pill. <laughs> there's the black pill. The white pill is like these are our enemies. How can you possibly be black pilled when you have enemies like this? How can you rage and wail about being oppressed when these are your oppressors? TK says in the chat, I demand a more competent oppressor class, academic agent. Yes. <laughs> this is, the, these are the people who supposedly stand in your way, ostensibly stand in your way, who do stand in your way. These are the people that you wring your hands about when you, when you, you bemoan the loss of your society. These are the people that your enemies are choosing to employ. This is not a competent organization. This is an organization that can masquerade as competent for a period of time, but it is going to be outcompeted. It's going to be outcompeted by something, something that is far more capable and far more, far more competent. That's just how it is. This is, this is not a guy who uh, is a, uh, a, a strategic whiz, some sort of competent professional who uh, is, is uh, you know, some student of history who's mapping out game theory. And this is a dude who is really good at going to college. He was directed into going to college and he went to college and he knew how to, when they said, here, remember these answers and write these things down. Okay. So he remembered those answers and he wrote them down and he kissed the asses he needed to kiss and, or whatever else. And <laughs> yeah. And just the pro, like he's one of the people that hasn't realized yet, hasn't learned yet that college gives you a credential, but it doesn't make you competent. And if you're not competent, there's an expiration date on your status. These, these are not impressive people. And I, even if you want to say, even if you want to take the ultimate cynic, cynic perspective, and say, this is this whole thing is a setup to make you underestimate all the people in the in the regime. Like they threw this guy to the wolves, or they, or even even better, even better. It's actually been explicitly ah, Zen popped out. It's actually been like this whole thing is being coordinated to make it look like everyone in the in the regime is 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 actually super incompetent. So it's going to make you feel um, feel emboldened, and it's going they're going to lure you in, and they're going to trap you. If if that was the case if we there's one of the guys in our discord i just absolutely love the dude i'm not gonna i'm not gonna dox him i'm not gonna put his name out on here but you guys if you're in there you know who i'm talking about he constantly he lives with these people these are the types of people he spends time around all the time he's he's he's, he traffics in this culture and he recognizes clearly just how stupid and incompetent these people are that they are in a position of power is an accident of history and it's not going to last for very long 
I don't know what's going to replace it. That's what's up. That's what's what's uh, up for debate. What's going to replace it? But then, if that's the case, then the question is no longer like how how you know bad or or, or evil or or um, uh, overwhelming are our enemies, and it's more like okay, well, if something's going to replace it, then might as well go to work making sure that we have some sort of say in what that something is going to be. This type of organization cannot run competently because the people who are in it are incompetent. I remember I brought up on the show a couple weeks or last week or whenever we were talking about the, the Greg Abbott thing and like uh, Ken Paxton writes this letter detailing their, the, the lawfare. He's going to, he's doing like true lawfare war with them. And he's, he's asking them to, to, to go through all this legal mumbo jumbo making them dot all their I's and cross all their T's. And a lot of these errors, mistakes, oversights, uh, <laughs> whatever whatever it is, a lot of these things are really... I have a feeling like most... Produ- are like really... mo- Go ahead. I have a feeling that... I was just thinking about this. When you say mumbo-jumbo, is that like all that law school is, is just teaching you that language? I have a feeling like mm-hmm. most prof- professional degrees just amount to like learning a particular brand of mumbo jumbo. Yeah, yeah, that that's quite. That's probably like because these concepts are not that you know they're not that complicated, right? You're just learning how to speak the language. Yeah, and the 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 legal the the the, the legal pronouncements, the letters that are coming out of the Biden administration surrounding these sorts of issues, are so incompetently structured that I'm beginning, I, I started thinking like everyone's kind of like, Oh, there's this Machiavellian plan going where they're trying to, 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 to outmaneuver Texas and bait Texas into something. And, and I'm like, I think these people are just idiots. I think they genuinely don't understand like, like their, their ability to comprehend legal nuance and, economic policy and all these sorts of things is so low resolution that they genuinely are completely out of their depth and they don't know it. They don't realize it. So they're just kind of bumbling forward. The greater danger for us is not that they have some sort of, of um, elaborate Machiavellian plan that they're going to lure us into. The, the bigger concern is that they're just so incompetent. They're going to break something and we're going to have to deal with the consequences of that thing being broken. But even that in itself is a white pill because in the times of crisis, the times of true crisis, they're a crucible and the weak people step, they, they're the ones who go down. They collapse, they fall apart. And that's when the, the people of strength and courage and moral fiber, that's when they rise up. Every time there's a crisis, there's a shift in power. And our current elite are foxes. They're not comfortable with direct action. I was thinking about this. The <laughs> someone can't tell if we're and caps or dirtbag left. Keep trying, buddy. You might get there eventually. That's interesting. That's a really interesting comment. Uh-huh. Hmm. You know, I have kind of come full circle on a, a lot of the lefties as of late. Anyway. So well, like, okay. <clears throat> well, I've said this before, like the 
the existentialists, the postmodernists, you know, the, the postmodern neo-Marxists, those types, I think they did a lot better describing where we're at today than uh, their opponents. Furthermore, TK says in the chat, there's a reason why chat GPT can score above average on the GRE. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that. Um, I remember reading an article recently. I don't know where I saw it. Um, probably, or I probably just saw a headline on Twitter or whatever. So I didn't look into it very deeply is what I'm saying. I did not fact check this. Um, so I'm just going to take it and believe it because it confirms my priors. In yeah, any case, yeah, that's what we do. Something to the effect of like professors are having a hard time. Um, it's basically it's hard for them to tell whether like someone a student actually wrote a paper or it was done on chat gpt because mm. their students just going on chat gpt write me an essay on this and it's like well according to our grading uh rubric or whatever metrics they should be getting like a c plus so you have people who are just getting now it's like it's actually really if you if you can find a way to like i don't know if you can like bullshit on some standardized tests or whatever and get some scholarship you could probably get yourself credentials really easy these days just by mm -hmm. chat gpt and your way through like undergrad or whatever yeah you know I, there's a thing i was seeing people tweeting about that during just have, them, um, have it spit it out and then go through edit a little bit there you go you don't even have to work anymore and you can get that you can get the piece of paper there was there's people that uh they were running through like all the business records and looking at all these different companies that were <laughs> like, they're searching like the, 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 um, the name of the, of the primary person or contact. And they're using, they're doing like Shaniqua and Jaquandra and Daquan and just searching that name and getting a whole bunch of different companies that all have one employee that have some really generic, like business, uh, description. <laughs> and they have all gotten paid to the, the, the PPP loans. They got $10,000, $15,000, and there is just walls of these. <laughs> and they're all either female-owned or minority-owned businesses. And with the, and they were finding people who were talking about doing this. And they're In other words, like, you don't hey, need man. to be very, you don't need to be very smart. Right. They're like, these are our reparations. You know, we're this is this is uh -huh. we're gonna go get and, and they're spending it on like lobster and Jordans and vacations. <laughs> and that's like But there's something. You, you also, someone also highlighted these people and showed a bunch of tweets from them complaining that Biden did away with this program. They're like, man, <laughs> like bring back my nigga Trump. Like I, everything was great. I was going to, I was going to Miami when Trump was here, <laughs> but, but now Biden's in and he killed all of our free money programs. Like this is, <laughs> you said the bad the word. Timeline. I think you just demonetized us. I don't think so. I don't think that that'll, uh, that that'll do no, it. No, you don't think so? No, I don't think they, how, how are they going to flag it? Like, you know, it's because there's definitely a lot of people who are allowed to say it. So they would have, I guess maybe they, eventually they're going to have an algorithm where it's going to be like identify with like yeah, vocal yeah. patterns that this is a white person that said it. <laughs> yeah. Or it'll like look at your skin tone and compare it to like a, like a color wheel. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan Hemingway says, this is the Charles Haywood analysis, a gigantic toddler roaming with an ax. <laughs> yeah. I think. I think Charles Haywood is exactly right. I think he's been the most prescient person on all of this all along. But these, so so Yarvin wrote about uh, the he used the, the terms Red America and Blue America, and I and <laughs> digital phrenology. It's brilliant. <laughs> that brilliant. That's a new field. Get after it, dude. Yeah. Go get your credentials. 
I'm getting I'm gonna get a degree from uh from what is it, the uh the 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 digital university in Arizona. I just forgot the name of it. Um I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a degree in digital phrenology and put that on my resume. Yeah, ra- <laughs> random username says bringing back blackface to avoid the AI. It's it's like the uh it's it's like those fake fingers that you can buy on Amazon. You know, yeah. so if you go commit a crime, you can be like, oh, see, that's that's not real. That's AI. Oh man. So this is, I, I mean, every single one of these things, like it, it's a, it's a Rorschach test. Every single one of these things is a Rorschach test. You can choose to see this as a black pill. If you decide that you want to let yourself be hemmed in by a system like this, a system run by complete fucking morons that have no idea what they're doing. They're just in there getting a paycheck and watching CNN at night. The... So the thing with Yarvin, like he's not the only person to identify this, but I know that he's one person who wrote about it really concise, well, as concisely as Yarvin will write. Um, he talked about Red America and Blue America. And the way that these things, at the time he was writing, they broke down roughly around the Secretary of Defense and the Secretary of State. So you have Red America, who is was primarily embedded with like the national security or international security, as, as the case may be, and Blue America that was much more focused domestically. And Red America would make domestic concessions. Blue America would make international concessions. And this is how they they would work together. What's happened is that Red America has been almost completely politically depersoned. Almost completely. Red America has lost the vast amount of their political um, uh, will, their political power, their ability to, to actually be on a negotiating platform with Blue America. And you can see this in the types of people that, like this type of guy. This is a blue America guy to, to a T. Even all the neocons, all the neocons now are like they're they're like diehard blue America, like uh, fully bought in with the managerial thing, and they 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 have their domestic, uh, things that they're or sorry their international um, projects that they're trying to sustain. But every single one of those things is just getting worse and worse, and they're massively unpopular and. And everyone's got profound cynicism about them and nobody really takes them seriously. And even the adults in the room who who have been involved in that sort of thing are now starting to be like, there's a major problem out here. Like this is this stuff's not going well. It bodes very poorly for us. Children are running the show. What this signals is that there is going to be a, uh, a reverberation. There's going to be a, a swing back in some sense. And basically all of Red America has become significantly more anti-war than they used to be. Red America is now becoming significantly more concerned about domestic events, while Blue America is is focused externally. The power and influence within Blue America is focused largely overseas, between Israel and Ukraine and all the things that are happening externally, and then the immigration coming back in. So... We're moving in a direction now where Blue America is stumbling us into crises, crisis after crisis after crisis to the point where, like, these are the types of people running the show, and some shit's going to hit the fan, and eventually, and adults are going to have to step in for whatever the sort of crisis it is, because these are not people who can navigate a crisis. These are not people who can, you, you know, whatever the crisis is. Some peacetime leaders. 
Yes, yeah, these are peacetime people. These are peacetime leaders. And they're governing in a peacetime manner. They're not governing as a, a, a wartime bureaucracy or a wartime effort. They, to them, they, they, they believe all time is peace now. They, they're, they're, we live at the end of history. Can the wartime people. Yeah. That guy, um, <clears throat> what do you say? I still can't tell if these are ANCAPs or dirtbag left. He also says, I've only been here for like two minutes. Well, welcome, friend. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you, uh, that's an interesting thought. How would you describe us? Hey, chat, how would you describe us? What is dirtbag left? Would that be like the Red Girl chicks? Is that like the dirtbag left? I think. I don't know, really. I would be curious to know what, uh, like what the what the I guess the aesthetic what 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 is our vibe? I no, really no, we're not ancaps. We're definitely not ancaps. No, <laughs> recovering ancaps maybe, but mm-hmm. I'd like to think recovered, but yeah, recovered. It, it's probably, it may still be it may may still be a work in progress. I don't know. It's a lifetime of recovery. Uh huh. We got to go to our twelve step meetings and. I'm waiting to see if the chat is uh, is going to actually going to actually uh, do what we told them to. We gave you guys we gave you guys a, a um, some homework here. We need we need our answers. Answer me. So <clears throat> anyway, what time is it? Uh, okay, yeah, I got a little bit longer here. Um, Only 18 likes, 33 viewers. Come on, guys, what are you doing? John Brown says he would describe our vibe as team reality. Hey, I like that. I want to be part of team reality. Neo hippie. <laughs> yeah, that's, hippie. That's, that's, yeah, that, that that's probably insulting. <laughs> I don't like that well, at all. Well, if you're part of if you're part of team reality, then then uh, <laughs> you have to acknowledge the reality that both of us are are some form of hippie. <laughs> I'm a hippie. I am you're totally. You're not maybe not a hippie hipster. If you, want to, if you want to disambiguate between hippie and hipster. That's closer. Mm-hmm. I reject reality, then. <laughs> this reality's gay. Hello, Mr. Olafsson. Good to see you. Anywho. So a couple of points in the actual substance of what uh, what he's talking about here. Um, is he, he going to be the, the nominee? Yes. And she will be the vice president nominee. Yeah, I don't... There was a debate about removing her from the ticket, but sadly they didn't. She can't keep black staff. They quit on her in mass. But with him, I yeah, mean, I know. I know. he's got I know. dementia. Um, yeah, well, he's definitely slowing down. Well, they know that he has those issues. I think so. But they're not willing to say it. Shows it. And, They're not willing to say correct. it publicly. And same thing but with Kamala Harris. She's not popular, but you can't remove the first black lady to be vice president from the goddamn presidential ticket. Like, I what see. kind of message are you going to send to, like, all the African-American voters? How would you spin that? People would be like, what the fuck? Like, like she's a woman, and she's multiracial. I think I think that they're really concerned about it. But they won't say it. Well, I guess if they say it publicly, Correct. Biden they is... Publicly. is uh, they can't say it publicly. No, no, they've got it. They got to they say the it privately? Interesting what these people talk up. about when they think they're uh, not being uh-huh. listened to, you know? Yeah, and you kind of, you can... They sound kind of like us. Uh-huh. 
you kind of get to see the world that they live in. And one thing I wanted to point out with this is these people are reactive. They don't see themselves as the people who are on the front foot. And this is the point I was going to make with the Blue America thing. Blue America is the foxes. Red America, at least once upon a time, was more uh, uh, lion-like. <clears throat> and it's becoming more lion-like again. Blue America is the foxes. And you can see this in the way that they, they're like diplomacy first. They want to get, like actually going to hot war, actually getting into uh, 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 active violence is something that they only do extremely hands-off. It's like, ew, yucky. You know, we're gonna we're gonna bring in our 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 select urban scholars to go and just rampage in the city. Never mind that the cities that we're gonna rampage and destroy are the, the like our own constituents. It's just yeah, like, oh, homes. looks like we need some violence here. So ew, like like plug my nose and go do the violence over there. This is their this is the way they see the world. They see themselves as beset by the world. Everyone around them is a threat to them, and they are the reactionary ones. Which means if you understand that, then you can make them react to you. And these aren't smart people. These are not smart, clever people with a plan. There are people above them who are smarter and more clever and have more of a plan. But even then, they're still incredibly ordinary, particularly compared to people even 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. This, this, this degeneration thing that's happening is affecting the elite classes as well. If you listen to them, like if you listen to an interview with some, like some major hedge fund guy or something like that, you'll recognize these are not like extraordinary people. I got a good idea. What? Random username says, Dirtbag is a cool slur, and I agree with him. So we should call ourselves like the Dirtbag Center or something like that. Hmm. He said dirt back. Well, I think he meant dirt. Is that bag. supposed to be dirt bag? Yeah. Mm. The dirt bag center. I, it's bait. Yeah. I need to know what the dirt bags are. Like what are like who what what is the dirt bag left? I think is red like Vosh? That's kind of Yeah, yeah, Vosh. I maybe. Is Vosh like uh isn't he like Rose Twitter? Isn't he one of those guys? Like a tank? Yeah, that's what, is that yeah, is that what the you know, like like uh what's his name? The I don't pay attention to these. The the le the leftist YouTuber guy um from uh the Young Turks. Um Chank? Hassan. Oh, uh, uh, Hassan. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's dirtbag. I think dirtbag Okay, chapel dirtbag left. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I just want to trigger people. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't know if anybody knows what it is though. Y'all are post coomers. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Is it better to be post coomer or pre coomer? I don't know. Like, <laughs> depends on your perspective here. Post <clears throat> chud. Like post post coomer is so should be associated with a lot of shame. It actually is associated with a lot of shame. Shame, but mental clarity. That's true. That's true. And we're the reality team. We're bringing you clarity. TK says these people are 115 IQ midwits, and the peak of their ability is setting up Kafka traps. Right? Like, like so. Oh, Not even good Kafka with, traps. With these, yeah. With they're getting worse and worse. So, like, the fact they're starting to turn into like Rube Goldberg having, machines. Uh huh. Which which inhibits themselves. 
Like they, mm-hmm. they themselves are being bogged down by the inefficiency and the incompetency. And so the, like everything degenerating and falling apart is not because there's like a grand plan to degenerate everything and make everything fall apart. It's because these people are legitimately this incompetent. Pre-coolers are, are not... more energetic. That's true. What about pre nut obscurity? Neo Strongs? I like that. I like that, Will Emanuel. <laughs> Neo Strongs. Highbrow Chud. <laughs> I like our I like our chat. We've got good people in here. <laughs> this is good. There was okay, I gotta I gotta get out of here in like eight minutes. So okay. um there was something that I it was a particular point I wanted to make about um oh the reactionary thing. So them being reactionary, you see this in the way that it's always we try to we're going to try to do everything through diplomacy, through legalese, through, um, you know, you, you saw just recently with Texas, like okay, we're gonna we're gonna start off by doing the taking the diplomatic route, and then if you're not going to cooperate with us diplomatically, we're gonna threaten you, and everyone's like, all right, yeah, go ahead, threaten us, and then they're like, oh yeah, never mind, just just kidding. Um, you know, they're going to do something de- like depersonalized, like oh the the liquid national gas thing, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make things hard on you economically. But what this means is they're not going to they 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 are constitutionally incapable of actually escalating to the level of physical force. They have to try to outsource it. But their their problem is the people who are the best at providing physical force follow strength. And the more that these people need them, the weaker they look. The weaker they are. They're becoming weaker and weaker. And if this is what it is, what it's like right now, so imagine import- when imagine when this guy in 20 years is the senior VP of something, or the, the or 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 he's like at some sort of cabinet level, the equivalent of this guy. And whoever's coming 20 years behind him is in his position. Think about how preposterous and laughable. Like, this is what the trajectory is. There is no reason to be black-pilled. Our enemies upset. are not exceptional people. They're upset that they can't import millions at the border mm-hmm. because those are their shock troops. Right. Yeah. And the great thing about those shock troops is, like, they don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah. if they're they're like, what, you're going to give me something? All right, I'll fight for you, whatever. I'll go. We need to go ransack a street. All right, fine, whatever. But these aren't these aren't some like yeah. They're like, not loyalists. You're, you're not red. You're coats. literally to the point where you're like fearing the fact that you might have to get into some kind of a military conflict with a bunch of <laughs> of third world guys who came in here because they someone was going to give them something for free. Like these are the people that you fear. Yeah, these people are afraid of Tim Pool, says TK. Yes. Yeah, right. right. You've got Klaus Schwab who's like shaking in his boots about libertarians, these anti-system people. Yuval Harari, this like mastermind, evil like demon figure. If somebody popped a balloon in a room next to him, he'd probably pee his pants a little bit. (laughs) These are... The only way that these people continue to maintain their power is is because people treat them like they have power. And if you stop treating them like they have power, just let them hang themselves and put yourself in a position, begin reading the tea leaves, watching what's happening, and put yourself in a position to benefit from from the fallout. There's no question that, 
whether the whether the regime change happens in the next 10 years or the next 50 years there's no question that it's coming you know the and the new regime about, is not going to be a continuation of this one the saddest part about texas clamping down on the border is well emmanuel can't come visit us for free that's true oh man bummer hmm that just means we have to sneak him into the country <laughs> we'll go down and cut the razor wire We'll let yeah. you in. Yeah. We'll sponsor Just you. let us know when you're there and we'll we'll come we'll come grab you well, Emmanuel. <clears throat> All right. Well that's uh that's all I've got for right now. Um we have uh some very interesting things coming with the show here this next week. Uh, I told you guys yesterday we're gonna be talking to Pete Quinones and the Prudentialist next week. We've also got another guest coming next week. I'm going to hold off on announcing it until next week because I've, you know, schedules can change and everything, but I think you guys are very much going to enjoy it. Um, it's going to be a great conversation very much along the lines of what we're talking about today. So we appreciate you guys. Thank you for showing up and watching live. Uh, we've got, uh, Hey, pretty good. We've got 36 concurrent viewers, 22 likes. That's not too bad. Um, those extra 14 of you get your act together. Then uh, subscribe to the channel. We're also on all the podcast apps. So if you're seeing this for the first time and you don't usually do YouTube or Twitter if you're, or Facebook, if you're watching it there, then you can get you can find us on podcast on, on, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, at some point here in the next few days, I will also be doing uh, the next installment of Mitch's Moldbugs Patchwork Live Reading with your boy Jason, 2-Bit Podcast. Um, and... We are going to be elaborating more on the civilization versus primal and, and talking about the necessity of, of us uh, beginning to view this, recognize this properly as we need to build a civilization. We don't have one right now. We need to build one. Uh, you can go to the uh, notes from down under is his Substack. He's been posting the first couple episodes we've done there. Um, and then uh, I think that's all that I have for now. So until next time. I'm Matt, that's Cooper, and you've been watching King Build. <laughs>